Welcome to Infoblox Threat Talk, where you'll find the latest thinking on how to tap the full potential of the cloud while making your network more reliable, secure, and automated. Welcome to Threat Talk, a podcast series from Infoblox. My name is Peter Schof, and I've been covering IT security for going on 15 years. In this series, we're exploring the current cybercrime threatscape, and with the help of both experts and hackers, we're digging into what threats companies are facing today and exactly what companies need to do to combat these threats. Today, I'm excited to speak once again with Michael Katz, a security specialist at InfoBlocks. In this podcast, we're going to discuss how DNS tells the story of a network and how this could be a critical tool in effectively and efficiently securing a network. So first of all, Michael, thank you so much for joining me. Great to be here, Pete. Thank you. So let's just cover the basics first. How does DNS tell the story of a network, and why is this so important for a company's security? Well, a lot of security teams are overwhelmed by signals. They're getting alerts from clients, from firewalls, from proxies, from IDS, and it's difficult to make sense of all that data. The reality is is that in many situations, especially when you're looking at network security, you need to reduce the number of signals that you're looking at to flag anomalous behavior and then start to prioritize your actions. And DNS is perfect for that, right? DNS doesn't see the details of every connection, but we see the metadata that really tells the story of what's happening. If there's anything that we can learn in security from the social media world and the advertising world, it's that behavioral data tells more about what's happening sometimes than the detailed data of what people are actually doing and the content of what they're posting online. So so that's why it's really important to look at the story because you're looking at metadata. And you're saying they're overwhelmed by signals right now. And now we're talking about COVID-19 and their IT departments are extremely overwhelmed. So we need simplification. So, so how can DNS actually predict the next attack on a company? Well, DNS can provide you a lot of information about what's happening on the inside of your network. You know, we tend to think of, you know, phishing scams and things, you know, ransomware especially, right? It's a point and click sort of attack and it could happen very quickly. But the reality is the attacks that take companies down that really hurt the trust of brands when there's big data leaks and things like that, they don't happen overnight. You know, there's typically a dwell time. The average dwell time, according to FireEye, the last study I saw was 90 days. So it's very critical that you're looking at your internal DNS traffic and looking at the patterns of communication happening during that 90-day dwell time, right? You can't just sit on the perimeter and wait until people are exfiltrating data or running command and control. You need to be looking in advance of that. If you look at the MITRE ATT&CK framework, there are 11 stages in the current uh, version of the enterprise framework. Stages 9 and 10 are command and control and exfiltration. So that means you have eight stages of MITRE, each with many, many TTPs to detect and find the next attack before it unfolds. So if you use DNS strategically in the internal of your network and you look at the data, you look at patterns, you run threat intelligence, you can stop and find data breaches and sophisticated attacks before damage is done. Gotcha. So when most people hear about network security, they think firewall. How does this compare to the firewall? So that's an excellent question because we I hear that quite a lot, right? And firewalls are very important network security tools. You know, I worked for a couple companies that, that sold firewalls and been in the industry literally from the beginning of when firewalls were first launched. 
But the limitation of firewalls is that they can only secure the traffic that they see. So every firewall has interfaces, and it will look at the traffic traversing its interfaces, and that's about it. If you want to orchestrate end-to-end security with firewalls, you need to understand every single hop, every single characteristic of the firewall to, to do a really good job. If you want to block a domain in a large organization that has, you know, maybe a thousand firewalls or hundreds of firewalls, well, which firewall are you going to block that domain in? Which interfaces? Which policies? How do the policies work? Do you have an older version of the firewall or a newer one that maybe changed configuration styles? There's just many, many variables. And so the advantage of DNS is that you can see a much broader range of communications, right? Since we're sort of an overlay, we can see communications across the entire enterprise and take action and collect data as things are happening in real time. So it's just a greater reach than a firewall, and it's a little simpler to do things because there are fewer devices and interface points that you have to worry about. Now, that's not to say that you don't need firewalls. Firewalls are obviously required for regulation. They, they do a lot of things that you can't do in DNS, but the reality is a lot of companies are missing the opportunity of using DNS as a security tool that's sort of on par in workflows to a firewall. Gotcha. So then DNS is essentially fundamental. And then the company usually can have a number of firewalls, right, which can really complicate things when you're trying to change something in this high-speed environment. But there's generally only one DNS, correct? Well, that's a good point. So ideally, DNS is a control plane that can extend throughout the entire organization. So it can go from your public clouds to your private clouds. It can extend to your remote users, your data centers. And that's sort of the recommended practice that we try to bring into our customers in Infoblox. In practice, though, a lot of customers are not able to use DNS strategically because they've taken a very fragmented approach. And whatever DNS system a vendor throws into their proof of concepts or sales workflows typically is what a customer will take. If Microsoft has something for free that makes their domains work better, then they'll take that. If Amazon has something that makes their operations easier for them, then they'll take that. And I think that that's a real challenge is that so many vendors are looking at their own workflows and making their workflows a priority over the security that our IT professionals and security professionals are entrusted to uphold. So ideally, yes, there should be one DNS system. And, and that's what we're working towards. In practice, you know, there could be many islands. And so it seems like what you're saying is a company can basically do everything right with their firewalls, have it all locked down, but still be at risk, correct? Right. What we find is, well, first of all, there probably has never been a breach, probably never, where customer didn't have firewalls. So, you know, firewalls in turn have been involved in every single breach and, and for that matter, so has DNS. And firewalls, again, they work with the traffic that they see, but they're limited, A, by what they can see because different firewalls have different capabilities in terms of, you know, how much visibility they have. A lot of the visibility that firewalls provided has been you know, really hurt by encryption. So, you know, yes, some traffic can be decrypted, but having sold and implemented SSL decryption, I can tell you it's not a plug-and-play technology. It's very, very difficult. And, you know, any attacker that doesn't want to be decrypted, it's pretty simple. You just pre-share certificates, and traffic is very, very difficult to decrypt. 
And we're seeing that quite a bit more in practice, right? It's very difficult to encrypt traffic. So firewalls are doing a lot of interesting things, but there's just so many of them to manage. There's so many policies, so many interfaces, encrypted traffic, varied capabilities. You know, it just makes it difficult sometimes, especially when you come to automation, to easily use firewalls and workflows because you have to take so much into account. Right. Now, you mentioned capabilities. Let's talk capabilities. What capabilities does DNS give a company that they really aren't going to get from a firewall? So the top delivery that DNS is going to give you, right, is 360-degree data on all the network connections, visibility, and control. And you can just narrow it down to that, right? Firewalls can only tell you what's happening within their domains of control. DNS can tell you throughout all infrastructure what's happening in real time and give you tools to detect, mitigate, and automate, you know, incident response, threat detection, analytics, you know, basically, you know, all your major cybersecurity workflows. So this is a different approach than firewalls because, again, it's an overlay approach. It's not necessarily hop by hop. As you said, like a 360 view, which is, sounds very different. Now, mm-hmm. DNS is another very useful, very powerful tool. What are the top priorities companies need to consider to get the most out of DNS? Well, first thing is a conceptual model, okay? A lot of customers, they, they get confused because DNS itself is a critical service, just like email. And so you need to secure the DNS service. It needs to be secured from DOS attacks. You need to make sure that you're you know, running all the recommended security features within the DNS service. And a lot of people think, okay, well, that's enough. That's what DNS security is. DNS security is just securing the service and make sure it's running. Well, that's only one piece of the puzzle. The other piece of the puzzle is using DNS strategically in cyber workflows. So you're securing it. That's a technique. That's a means. But the end is that you end up with this 360-degree control plane. And that's the number one thing our customers miss is, is getting that conceptual shift of, A, securing the service to keep it running, but securing the service also so that it can be used in cyber architecture. So that's number one. Now, once you've made that decision that, yes, DNS is a tool that's built into my infrastructure that will give me a lot of benefit if I use it a little more strategically, then what do you do? And the top three things are, A, do all you can to have a consistent DNS strategy. So if you're in Azure, if you're in AWS, if you're using Docker, if you're using, you know, maybe some dynamic VMware environments, make sure in each one of those environments you're plugging the DNS into the global control plane. Don't let vendors pick off your DNS strategy to make their workflows easier. Typically, you could have an hour meeting and a couple of design calls and figure out how to have DNS consistent. It's not a very difficult technical topic. So that's number one. Be strategic. Understand what DNS systems are running in all of your environments so you get that 360-degree control plane. And the next thing is add threat intelligence into DNS. DNS is one of the only core protocols running in your infrastructure today besides email that has threat intelligence checks built into the standard. It's been there for a long time. It's very stable. It's very easy to use. But Hardly any companies, even large companies, are taking advantage of this opportunity, and you're really, really missing quite a bit. 
So that's the second thing. And the third piece is to make sure whatever DNS system you're using has a robust set of APIs that you can easily orchestrate and automate the tasks that you need. Right. Make sure that your DNS system is integrated into your SOAR platform, into your automation infrastructures. But you really need an API-driven system to do that. So, so those are the top three things, right, is be strategic about what DNS service is running. Understand it. Make sure that you made a conscious decision. Put threat intelligence in the internal DNS system. Integrate it with your threat intelligence program if you have one. Integrate it with your threat intel platform if you have one. And then third... You know, make sure that your system is, has, has a robust set of APIs that is tied into your automation strategy. So that's basically the fundamentals of a 360-degree view, correct? Correct. It's Great. pretty so, simple, actually. <laughs> indeed. So he, here we are well into the COVID-19 pandemic threat. And basically, everybody's still working from home, which is a total shift for a lot of companies so I know the IT folks have their work cut out for them, you know, trying to just keep everything safe and secure with this. Oh, all of a sudden, everybody's going to work from home. So how does this DNS security help them secure their networks? Well, I was taught a long time ago to never use myself as a data point. But <laughs> I work from home. I've always worked from home. You know, most of us in, in sales teams tend to do that. I'm never on my VPN. I have one application I need to access to get to my VPN. Everything else I do is in Salesforce or Zoom or local applications. Maybe I have some Google collaboration. That's about it, really. And that, that raises a challenge. Does it make sense for a company, for Infoblox, to pay for my VPN connection for traffic that doesn't really need to be running through the VPN? And the answer for a lot of companies is no. They don't want to host Netflix. They don't want to see your browsing they really just want to secure your critical data. And a lot of companies have gone out and spent a lot of money on VPN infrastructures, and they've way overbought to respond to COVID to deal with remote working, when in the end, most of the data flows end up being to SaaS applications anyways. So where does DNS fit in the picture? If you have a, simply have a client on your laptop that just redirects DNS, and let's say you have a VPN client for these critical applications, but you Take to my example, you don't really want to have a big enough VPN to host everybody's Netflix uh, viewing habits. So you're going to start to implement split tunneling. So internet-bound traffic will use your regular internet pass, and, and secure traffic will go through the VPN. Well, how do you secure that? And that is where DNS comes in, right? So if you have a client that simply encrypts and redirects all public DNS queries into Infoblox or some other system that you're using for remote users, you will have a tool with DNS to monitor what people are doing, to implement threat intelligence so you can find you know, behavioral anomalies, you can do content categorization so you can see what people are doing, and you can basically tie in the remote users to your security policy without running a VPN client, without getting too deep into what people are doing on their personal or you know, work from home systems. And again, Less signals sometimes are better, right? Do you really Absolutely. have the staff to understand what's happening in a PC's memory? You know, if something's happening in a network stack, do you really have people that can understand that? Maybe, maybe you're going to bring them in if there's been a breach, but not on a regular basis. Do you have people that can understand that, you know what, this person is, is spending all their day gambling, and maybe we want to address that? 
you probably have the tools for that. And DNS can tell you those types of things, right? Sure. Um, so that's really just, you know, I can talk a lot. I mean, some people say I can talk forever, and I do a lot of meetings, <laughs> and I actually can. But the reality is that DNS is a simple way to tie all of your remotes into your security policy without the overhead of VPNs. Fantastic. Now, as I always finish these the threat talk, what is the key takeaway you want people to come away from this? You want to underline and highlight and bold. What is that thing? DNS represents a way for the, I would say, you know, the more savvy IT security leader to hack your cybersecurity workflows. You can really hack cybersecurity if you use the overlay capabilities of DNS in your cyber architecture in a way that you can't do with firewalls. And I say hack because it's efficient, it's less data, it's fewer devices to automate. So you can hit KPIs quicker. You can automate incident response and containment in an afternoon where it may take you and I, I worked with a very large investment bank on a firewall automation project. It took a year and a half. I mean, I've worked with customers here at Infoblox in literally two hours, and we've knocked out automation workflows that they've never been able to do. So that's number one, is that, you know, hack your cybersecurity workflows by using DNS, the powers of that overlay. The next one is to make a strategic decision about the DNS systems. Don't take whatever a vendor throws at you to make their POCs run easier. If you decide you want to use DNS as an overlay, then be strategic about it and insist that you understand or run DNS services in any service that you're using. For a POC, is it fine to use vendors have? Maybe. But literally, typically in an hour conversation, you know, very small license or sometimes even nothing, you can just have that coordination to extend the DNS control plane. So if DNS is going to be a strategic cyber asset, make a strategic decision about the services that are running in the network the same way you do about firewalls, about email servers, about web servers. You need to put DNS on that same part of your strategy. Fantastic info, Michael. This is Peter Schoff of Threat Talk speaking with Michael Katz of Infoblox. For listeners who want more information on this and many other topics, I recommend you going to Infoblox's website and go to the tab Resources, and you'll find numerous white papers and podcasts. I'd like to thank listeners for joining me on another Threat Talk podcast, and I hope everyone stays safe and well. Hey, Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Infoblox Threat Talk. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about maintaining a secure, always-on network that enables digital transformation, visit www.infoblocks.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.